What's up, Immortal X friends? This is Cody. This is not the official start of the episode. This is an addendum that I'm adding uh, Tuesday night right before posting. Uh, Riley and I got together for the first time last night in a while, and um, some of our mic quality were a little rusty, so I just wanted to apologize in advance for some of the mic uh, pops or lack of what you're hearing in this episode, but stick with it. I think we got some really good nuggets as we were playing through, but also... I wanted to address a blaring omission from our podcast. We recorded this Monday night, 9-18, and as of today, Tuesday night, 19, there was a few big announcements today that Riley and I did not get a chance to talk about on the pod yesterday, obviously, because it was not announced yet, but it was announced today, so um, just wanted to touch on that really fast. There was two big books that were announced for Marvel uh, New York Comic Con and a lot of this podcast is Riley and I listing off our our big hopes and fears of that Um, but we got some two big books we got two big books announced by two of the writers that we will gush over during this podcast Um, we have Jerry Duggan and Kieran Gillen writing um, two dueling books The Fall of the House of X and The Rise of the Powers of Ten um, drawn by Lucas Wernick and RV, RV Silva and it looks like this is truly kind of closing out this uh, this Grecoan age, which um, we, we talk about and we're a little remorseful in here and we got the answer to it within 24 hours. So um, we will definitely talk about that more next week and we cannot be more excited. But also um, we got another secret book by the third part of our trio that we've been loving right now. And that is a solicit for January 2024. Spoilers alert. Jump ahead if you don't want to hear this, but it is called... The Resurrection of Magneto by Al Ewing and art by Luciano Vecchio. So, um, yeah, this answered a lot of our questions uh, that we talked about. And obviously, we have even more questions after hearing that. But um, thank you for for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. And this is my manic solo potting that I hope didn't deter too many of you. Enjoy. Bye. Welcome back, Immortal X friends. I'm Cody. Riley. And we are here after a a brief, long, three-week intermission. intermission. Let's call it an intermission. That's yeah. great. Or just like, what's the, the Marvel line whenever like, oh, man, we're taking a little bit more time than we want to, but it's going to be great. So this is our, like, we didn't make our, our weekly solicits a few weeks ago, but here we are. We are back. We're excited um, to, to talk books, to talk life to talk what we're reading what we're excited about and um yeah i think i think we've we've kind of we've kind of been going going through a lot of different things that we haven't gotten a chance to talk about on the pod that we're yeah. looking forward to so riley how are you doing I'm doing well yeah i feel like we've been reading a lot of just little things here and there that we just haven't had a chance to talk about so this will just kind of be uh all over the place like what have we been reading slash what are we excited about slash you know what's out there and fun i think what's exciting about this too is like i know we've caught up a little bit but like this is probably the longest time in a while where i don't have a gauge on what you're actively reading and i feel like you had no idea what i've been reading either no which is kind of fun um so i think let's just do our due diligence we're obviously in the middle of you know one of the worst active live reportings ever for like the fall of x event that's going on Mm. But we've still been reading. Yeah. We've still been kind of keeping up to date. Well, I um, have. You haven't because you're a terrible X fan. I'm a terrible X fan. Um, I, I am. Um, Willow is barking. Give me one second. Riley, why don't you talk about what you've been reading while I go check on my dog? Um, so in the last few weeks, I've been kind of just catching up on some things that I've kind of had on a list for a while now. But I haven't really had the time to 
to tackle. Um, just kind of little things interspersed here and there. The biggest one that I just kind of caught up on was Invincible Iron Man. Um, I really liked the first like six issues or so. Um, but then I am not actively buying Invincible Iron Man. So, um, Besides your sick gift I got you. Yeah. Um, so I had read like the first six issues and I think there's like nine now. Yeah. Um, so I caught up on those issues. I really like it. I really like I it. It's really very like fun. It um, it is very good at making Phalong into like a really despicable villain. Like Duggan's X-Men run did that too, but with just so much more ground to cover Phalong isn't, he doesn't have such a, um, I don't know, like a, a, a time to let his villainy shine. So he's very despicable in that, in that series. So I'm really enjoying that so far. It's a really fun contribution to fall of X. I think he's just so much of a dirt bag, yeah. like in just such a way where you, you kind of get his pretension and he serves as like that mm-hmm. post human analog that we've always known was going to be a threat yeah. since Hawksbox, but like Iron Man really breaks him down. And, um, it's it's pretty easy to see Tony as an asshole in so many ways, but seeing what he could have been with Phalong, I just think it's really strong writing having such like a very like obvious foil to him with this this guy who's who's taken everything from him and is and is using it in, in a way that Stark never chose to, but but obviously could have and, and I think a different version of him. So it's been fun. You know, Tony is kind of narrating through everything in the, uh, through the lens of like writing his own like autobiography. And um, so much of it is based on like, I'm at my lowest point and like drinking alcohol has never sounded so wonderful. Um, So like the angle that he's been taking of like, I'm really trying to fight this instinct that I have to like go back to drinking. You know, that's been a really fun lens. Cause like I haven't read a whole lot of just solo Iron Man material. Um, and with the MCU, not really focusing on his alcoholism, it's been kind of a new angle for me, although it won't be for many, many others who have read uh, Iron Man through the years. So I don't know. It's been really refreshing. I like how, it stands on its own while also kind of like being a fun pen pal to a lot of the X stuff that's happening right now. Um, You know, you could read this on its own and it gives you just enough to know that horrible things are happening in the X world because of Phalong and these other people that he's working with. Um, What do you think of the Emma of it all? um, I think that this is a uh, a particularly interesting like team up. I'm interested in seeing where it goes, especially because now we know and we've known for a while based on like covers that have come out that there's going to be a a crossover between um, Duggan's X-Men run and his Invincible Iron Man with like the marriage of Emma Frost and Tony Stark. And from the beginning, it's like, well, is this going to be like legitimate or is this going to be just like a we're doing whatever we we have to or just like optics or what is this going to be? So. I like it. And from the little things, I think there's now two issues out so far, plus one 
X-Men issue, I think, in which the the two of them have kind of been like together and, and doing things. Um, enough seeds, I think, are getting planted that it doesn't feel like it could be completely a ruse, um, which is fun, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I don't mind either way, but really it's... Uh, there's a couple of moments of, of tenderness and understanding between the two of them as they're both in like one of their lowest points for different reasons. Um, so I don't know. I think it's really interesting. I found myself, I finished the newest issue of Invincible Iron Man last night and I found myself very excited for the new one to come out. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a really fun one if uh, you're not reading it. Because it definitely is a really fun companion piece to what he's doing on X-Men. And I know we've said it before about him, but really just his... Um, his entire work this era with what he's done with X-Men, what he did with X-Men Dark Reign of just kind of showing, well, not even having the focus on her. Obviously, Duggan used Emma a lot in Marauders as well, but just kind of seeing this character study of a woman who's been at her highest, who's been at her lowest, and is still trying to do what is right, but while still exploring kind of her, like, her shady past and so i think it's really fun right now that uh kingpin has been so brought into the the hellfire um club as kind of the new like white king of of this thing i think that's a really fun companion piece and that was that was probably my favorite part of um the newest x-men book a yeah. few weeks ago was seeing the kingpin and emma interactions um of just like even while he is still at his lowest he is still in charge, and right. I think I think Duggan writes a really, a really nasty kingpin with like very minimal space, and one that like, it it is hearkening, to me at least, to like Bendis era kingpin, um, in Daredevil, um, which is fun to see. It'll be interesting to see where the storyline with kingpin goes next, considering that there are you know there's some things with with this storyline that are reminiscent to we got in bed with Mr. Sinister and look what happened. And like that, that didn't, you know, that wasn't very long ago that we were feeling the ripples of sins of Sinister. And, um, you know, we, we trusted this, you know, this long standing villain. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, you could say comparison that you could put into having Kingpin and Emma Frost and now Tony Stark kind of working together. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how far he is able to go as White King and how long Emma Frost is going to have to be in a way like subservient to what he wants because there is that moment, I forget exactly which issue if it was the X-Men issue recently um where he says, you know, your enemies are my enemies and you know, I will I will help you but make no mistake you work for me, work for me. you know yeah. and now we're back to Devil's Reign era Emma Frost where she's dealing with her past with Kingpin and all that so um yeah it'll be interesting to see if you know they have another sinister kind of situation in which they're now kind of stuck um in their circumstances they kind of put themselves in so yeah. I don't know, but it's a really fun read. I am really, you know, I know we've we've talked about this before, but, you know, there is no longer a head of X, you know, but it's been fun to see just how much Duggan has been kind of the leader of this last phase. Um, we know that he wasn't specifically part of the Sins of Sinister event that happened, but 
that so many of his threads have been working their way for quite some time now to get us to fall of X. And, um, you know, so now he's got his X-Men run and the Hellfire Gala issue that was just huge. Um, Invincible Iron Man. So a lot of his plot threads are kind of what are being pulled on right now. And it's, it's fun to see him be kind of like a pseudo head of X right now, which is, which is cool. You know, I've been a fan of his stuff since the beginning. Um, you know, reading a giant long box of like 80 X issues or something and his Marauders and cable runs both being like the highlights for me. Um, you know, it's fun to see what he's deciding to play with right now. It's uh, it's really cool. And I think I know we've, we've talked about it before, so I just don't want this to become another like Duggan gush fest, but like, even though he wasn't a part of sense of sinister, like he's, he's been running with pieces that, that Gillen set up. Like Gillen has been kind of the keeper in this past leg of this journey of Emma, of Kate Pride, of um, even Rasputin. And now those are all some of the figures that have kind of become this new X-Men in the wake of the the Hellfire Gala massacre. And so seeing Duggan kind of like, Duggan not being afraid to like shake up his cast while still following through on the threads that he wants to with, with Scott, with... Uh, Firestar and with kind of pursuing those those dangling moments but um there's been some other books that have launched uh in the midst of this um we posted a little bit about it on social media but I think you and I both responded really well to um Miss Marvel the new mutant um and the excitement that we saw of seeing kind of this Orcus run facility with uh with Omega Sentinel kind of seeming like she might be a key figure um, in this book, which was just kind of, which was definitely fun to see. Um, there's been a few other pieces here and there. I read Jean Grey. You didn't read Jean Grey, did you? I did not know. Um, Jean Grey is an interesting book. I'm excited to see where it goes, but it definitely feels kind of the most um, tangential to everything right now. Um, it definitely read as uh, a very kind of floaty monologue, like a lot of annuals do this often where it's like just kind of a, a, a seemingly standalone or a what if or a different variation. Um, I was, what was really interesting about this is obviously it was written by um, Luis Simonson, yeah. long, long time X-Men writer, but the pieces that she chose to play with were almost in like direct relation to the, the Bendis era mm-hmm. versus anything else where her, her premise of her, what if is basically like, for this first one. And it kind of seems like the Jean Grey book is going to jump around to different. What if Jean Grey made a different decision at this point in her life, all leading all the way up to like her moment at the hellfire gala. And which I'm assuming is going to be some other form of like evolution or resurrection. Cause I don't think Jean is gone. Um, and we've already seen her on the solicit of immortal looking like, you know, her, beautiful self in multiple forms and it kind of seems like this Jean Grey book is almost like a just a a prologue to that but this one in particular is like what if the X-Men from Bendis's run of when the past X-Men are brought to the present and then they go back what if they chose to keep their memories and do things different so hear me out it's almost like we're getting a Jean Grey version of what a Moira book could be 
yeah. of like we're exploring her different lifetimes um, of like who did she team up with? Who did she reject? How did the X-Men uh, like histories go a little different? And so that was that was it was interesting to read. Um, I, it wasn't my favorite. The art, I think, was by gosh i want to say bernard chang um and it was it was really cool it was it was it was quality quality x art um did you read mortal thor no I did you check that out you'll check that out um so i won't talk about that one but that'll be one for us to talk about um al ewing um our 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 guy from x-men red um we've talked about his guardians run here before um most recently one of the big things that i've been reading was uh immortal hulk um his his kind of masterpiece 50 issue run heralded by many as one of like the comics of the year every year it was coming out um riley had started this and then after i heard he started it i knew i had to um and so i finished that very recently like i think within the week and once again i think this is another one we posted a bit on social but i um i really enjoyed this book um what is so crazy with these massive runs similar to like when we've read through invincible or um some of the not not hickman avengers because i feel like that one's pretty like you can tell where the train's moving the entire time but kind of like hickman fantastic four where it's like there's so much of it that you don't necessarily know where it's going Mm -hmm. um that is really what immortal hulk felt like and it it starts out you know with kind of this just horrendous horror book of this devil Hulk taking over banner only coming out at night, just horribly disfigured gamma mutated people that the Hulk is coming across and then leading to a bit of a grander conspiracy about how, uh, the gamma is connected, how banner is connected. His father's legacy. The, there are, you know, versions and renditions of hell and heaven and mindscapes and different philosophies and just really bad people with their own versions of good agendas and good, good people, quote unquote, with like really dangerous decision making um, that really culminated in this without spoiling too much. There's basically a moment near the end where, it becomes very obvious that they are doing the book of Job with Bruce Banner and the Hulk. (laughs) And there is a, there is a plot twist that I never expected to read in this book that, that floored me. Um, And I, I thought it was, it was very well done. I definitely feel like it landed the plane. Um, When it ends, I, I haven't read the Hulk that comes after that. I I want to say that oh, I forget who took over it, but I'm curious to see what they did post this book. Cause uh, it felt similar. Like when Jeff Johns finished his green lantern run, it's one of those. Where I'm like, who's going to, who's going to do this next? Like, I don't know. Or even Hickman leaving fantastic four adventures where it's like, who's going to touch this? I, I would not want to be the writer to, to deal with Hulk next after this because it felt like such a definitive piece. Um, also, I know we've talked about his covers a lot for Fantastic Four, but every cover for Immortal Hulk is done by Alex Ross mm-hmm. and is just hauntingly beautiful. Um, but yeah, an awesome book. Really glad I read it. Um, a few like laugh out loud moments and a few like audible gasp at the grossness of it. 
um, that that I was I was glad I read. It's I was telling Riley before we started recording that I'm the big debate is if I want that in Omni form um, because it's it's a big book and it's one where there's certain moments that I definitely want to reference and I want to have others read it, but it's also one like. I'm only recommending this to a very specific group of people um, because I feel like there's some that would have a, a very low tolerance. I was, I was surprised there was a few invincible level. Oh my gosh. Um, gross out moments that they got away with in this book yeah. um, for a mainstream Marvel title that I had not seen before. So that's kind of my immortal Hulk capsule review. Um, highly recommend really glad I have that in my like own comic archives now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to get back into that. I read the first 12 issues before putting it down, and um, it wasn't so much that I wasn't enjoying the book, because I really was, especially just like the boldness of it. Um, I really appreciate the fact that it's so dark and creepy and kind of unapologetic, and it's like just kind of unsettling nature. Um, Just the fact that Marvel made a book that's so unorthodox and not just like heroes, you know, um, I really like the, the philosophy angle that it takes, which is super fun. Um, at the time I was like very quickly running out of Marvel unlimited time with a a lot of things still on the list that I wanted to tackle before, uh, before the school year began. So I ended up not continuing with that in lieu of, uh, reading the entire, um, Wilson run of Miss Mar or yeah Miss Marvel, um, which I really enjoyed. So uh, yeah, I'll have to go back to Immortal Hulk and just take it one issue at a time as I'm able. Um, but yeah, that seems like a really cool book. But yeah, that omnibus is just so it's huge. So big. You could like kill somebody with that yeah. thing. Like never have to worry about your home being broken into. You just throw the book at them. Um, yeah. Uh, Wilson's uh, Miss Marvel was a recent read for me. I read through the entire run in a few days' time. Um, it reads really easily. Yeah, it's, it's such an easy, easy read. Yeah. Very light, very fun. Um, and I found that that's kind of a corner of comics that I really enjoy. Um, you know, we've talked so much about Ryan North's current run of Fantastic Four just being very light and easy to digest and stuff. And uh, Wilson's Miss Marvel was another one of those for me. And uh, I think uh, one of the highest compliments I can offer for the uh, that first issue of Miss Marvel, the new mutant that just came out, is that it fits very seamlessly to me in terms of tone and like the way that the characters are written and stuff. Um, it feels very much like Wilson's run. So, I don't know. I It's definitely a good, like, partner piece. I appreciate the fact that um, our two writers were able to make this thing feel exactly like a Miss Marvel book, but what happens if it's involved with X stuff? So, yeah, that was fun. Um, I, I can't remember how many things that we've talked about recently. I also read the entirety of Mark Wade's Daredevil, which was very solid. I think you talked um, about that a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, we might have we might have talked about this. But talked about that when I talked about uh, Donnie Cates' Venom. Right, like yeah. chatted about those. Yeah, that was a very fun read, um, which are those are both getting reprinted in omnibus form. It's going to be a, an expensive few months for books that are coming out. So, um, yeah, besides Invincible Iron Man, Miss Marvel, 
Uh, I've been keeping up on X-Men Red and Immortal X-Men, uh, Duggan's mainline X-Men book. Um, besides that, it's been just some rereads of things, flipping yeah. through uh, Hickman's Avengers a little bit. Um, pulled out uh, Avengers versus X-Men a little bit to flip through that as well. Just some things like that. Uh, it's kind of fun to just kind of pull out some old books without the like, I have to read this from cover to cover and yeah. just kind of flip through some moments that are fun. Um, it's been a, it's been an interesting time where it's like I feel like this is one of the first times where you and I have truly diverged in what we've read because usually we're reading stuff for the pod or or because we like intentionally want to talk about it, but um, or we get the same Omni that comes in and we're wanting to read that so that we can also talk about it. So it's it's been fun hearing what you've been reading, um, and I'm liking that we're kind of collectively filling in different corners of our of our marvel our marvel reading map um but speaking of that map something just this is going back and this is not important at all but uh do you remember where the wedding of tony stark and emma frost was first mentioned first first mentioned no. Okay, so this was teased way back in 2018 in the history of the Marvel Universe. Right. When, yeah, yeah, that that's one of the yes. like because that was right after House of X, and so that was one of like the potential futures that who who is it? Is it Galactus, right, or or whoever is being spoken to? Yeah, Galactus speaking to Franklin. Yeah, speaking to Franklin, he's like, I haven't even gotten to the. The the, the wedding of yeah. yeah, so I think that was something funny that I just yeah was thinking of with this going on. Well, you know, um, on one hand I think it's fun. On the other hand, I think it's kind of like a kind of a bummer that like. So I've heard from a few different writers lately. I think in like podcasts or articles or whatever that like uh, when Mark Wade was finishing up you know, history of the Marvel universe, he, you know, was asking around editorial and like, what are some things that I can put in this that are like fun that we, you know, we think are coming down the line and whatever. And so it wasn't just a, like, you know, a, what if kind of issue of like all these potential, whatever's like, it was stuff that they knew was coming down the line, which is cool. I think it's fun to have a little sneak peek, you know? Um, but on the other hand, it's like, oh, I don't want to know what's coming. You know, I want to be surprised with the direction that yeah. things are taking. Just the same as, uh, you know, in the X books, when we find like a Destiny's like possible futures roadmap. And it's it's super cool to read that at the time. But then being like, oh, I know what's happening in the next six months because I could just look at that roadmap from last year, you know. Um, have you looked at that roadmap again? No, I have a I, I have a vague, that, yeah. um, just kind of a vague understanding. And I know, like moving forward, you know, Destiny has said stuff lately. Oh, the future is just a white <laughs> yeah. space and whatever. Yeah. Uh, but on one hand, I think it's really cheeky the fact that you could just like open up history of the Marvel universe and see what's coming. But on the other hand, I'm like, ah, just don't tell me anything. Because I think it also it teased. I'm trying to. It's been a while since I read it, but it teased King and Black. Yes, it teased it um, the wedding of, of Stark and Frost, and I forget there was like there was like two other things, and this was this was just barely after Krakoa. Yeah. Like I think while those issues were still going on, because House of X gets like a blip, it gets a it panel. Does. Yeah. Um. So I I need to get that book back, Michael. 
<laughs> just, just calling you out if you're listening please bring it yeah um shout out to michael <laughs> shout, out, shout out to michael bring my book back also bring back ultimate spider-man volume one i miss it um volume three comes out soon it does come out soon i'm yeah. excited so um, we, uh, I don't know. why don't we talk about how much money we're gonna spend while yeah. my wife is downstairs what, what omnis are you excited about coming um i'm so i was just kind of telling you like i am Omnis that I have not gotten yet that I think are going very high on my wish list are this always happens to me. I'm always like, ah, like I want to get something and then I don't. And then I read it on Marvel Unlimited and I'm like, well, now I want it even more. Um, so I settled. I think I told you that this one got me in trouble. Do you see what's behind me right now? Like up on the, the counter. <laughs> I got a giant up there. I got a giant uh, knoll oh, you and, and Venom like king and black said and i woke up on the woke up it was the first day of school for me so leslie still had a week off and i think we had just gotten back from something and she's on amazon she's like cody did you spend 70 dollars on a batman i was like what <laughs> no spent <laughs> spent 70 dollars on a venom <laughs> <laughs> So, so that was a humbling moment um and i've been i've been definitely watching things since then but if i wasn't in trouble for buying a venom with wings um which i needed obviously uh, i'm really excited for ultimate spider-man volume three um i'm there is a a collected edition of grant morrison's very like hotly debated new 52 superman run. i need you to start reading some superman stuff like i what you have wade's birthright that i let you borrow right now that you've i know you've not touched i uh i read the first few pages. lies no i did I yeah did. I did. then fell asleep oh you did read the first yeah, few pages yeah, yeah. then um i need riley to start reading some superman because i really want to talk to you about like the stuff that morrison does in new x-men looks looks tame compared to what the man tries to do in Superman books. It's absurd. Mm. It's it's amazing. But I'm I might be not alone in thinking that, but I've definitely <laughs> um basically Morrison has a very beloved um uh, all-star Superman book. Okay. That is that is great. Um but I really like his new 52 action comics run better and that is often like maligned um so i really want to see your take so you can tell me I'm, I'm just as crazy for loving you know frank quietly's art um but but i there that is an eclected omni um and that's that's a smaller issue i think that's only about 20 issues um that run but um i'm trying to think what else uh sins of sinister and avengers x-men eternals judgment day are getting some nice um hardcovers but i'm this is a weird era. This is a weird era for like collected X books right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause both you and I have um, some pretty nice looking X shelves with full runs during kind of the first era of Krakoa. And it is one of those things where it's like, there could be an argument that we have like the first and only true Krakoa era from house and powers to Inferno. Yeah. Like, wrapping it up nice bow it could end there but you and i also really dig as we've been saying like duggan's x-men x-men red immortal x-men stuff that's going on right now that like 
would look really cool next to that and yeah. i would like to happily reread in kind of the premium hardcover format so i know some of those are getting some releases um i'm trying to think what else has been kind of like tempting me lately but i feel like those are oh no there is another one um so i have some of them in in uh, floppies but right after the one more day uh, spider-man event they started they launched brand new day mm-hmm. um and that was when they had multiple writers and a spider-man book was coming out every week when that first happened which meant that they you know collected an issue count very high in that first year um i have all of dan slots run after that but some of his work on the brand new day I don't have, but I, I think they announced that they're coming out with a, a collected brand new day pretty soon. Okay. Cool. But yeah, I guess that those are kind of on mine. Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, obviously whenever they announce ultimate invasion in a hardcover, I'll like want to grab that right away too. But That's what about you? I have a huge list right now and I'm going to have to, bigger than mine? it's a huge list, dude. Oh like there's I'm probably sorry. like eight or nine of them on there. Um, I, I'm curious to see if they'll get added to mine. Cause I don't know what you're about to say. So the daredevils. Yeah. So uh, through, through December, uh, next month comes finally the second volume of Jason Aaron's Thor run, oh, yeah. Do you which like is, that book? I love that book. Um, yeah, I, really enjoyed the main issues of war of the realms um i thought the four king thor issues at the very end was like a perfect epilogue to everything um and really encapsulated it all very well um in fact i hold king thor issue number four in the same regard as i do with you know uh, the final uh the final issue of secret wars maybe or um the final issue of you know hickman's fantastic four those kinds of things like what a great way to just like put a bow on everything that came before it you know um the last few pages of king thor issue four are like the perfect narration for me Mm -hmm. to encapsulate the entirety of what he wrote so I'm very excited to have that. If I only could buy one book in the next like eight months, it would be that one because having that entire run from start to finish without all the, you know, I enjoyed a lot of the tie-ins for war of the realms, but I have not bought that omnibus, you know? And this Um, is why you've been holding out for this. And I've been holding out for this because I figured the, the main like six war of the realms issues are included in this thing. And that's all you, you really need. There's some others that are fun but not necessary to enjoy it. So yeah, that comes out next month. I'm very excited for that. Um, The two uh, Daredevil Wade Omnis come out in the next several months. The first one is in the beginning of November, I think. And then a few months later after that, um, Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 3, which is exciting. Um, And then I think think there's there's one or two more through the end of the year i don't remember but judgment day comes out in january yeah um then uh i have these in hardcover so i don't know for sure that i'll grab these and upgrade because i don't think it'll be super necessary but hickman's ultimates is getting collected in omnibus form oh i'll get that yeah, yeah. like 
Is, when's that? That is in like March. Oh, um, so there's time. There's time. There's time for us to make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Hickman's Ultimates would be cool to have. I do have those in hardcover form, and I don't think that it's going to be very different at all. So is is that that's also the Ultimate Hawkeye and Ultimate Thor? Yes. Part of that same collection. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then certain issues from Ultimate Fallout as well. So basically everything that he did. Uh, in the ultimate universe up until invasion is in one place yeah so i think that that one is one where it'll just kind of depend on like how many other books am i looking forward to right now because i don't need this one but it would be cool when i get my copy and then you're like well yeah 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 um then uh another one that i i keep forgetting about keeps falling off my radar is um one of the most like hotly needed out of print omnibus out there right now is uh brew baker's second volume of his daredevil run that came right after bendis's ended um that second volume was last printed in like 17 or 18 or something and it's like super out of print um so copies on ebay run for 200 dollars a piece or something so that is finally getting a reprint in the in the spring so um, and that's not a big one either. It's it's probably the size of uh, Astonishing X-Men or okay. something like that. But uh, that's a, a nice cheap one that I still need to round out that whole era of Daredevil, which would be cool. So, um, you know, and then there's some other things, I think. There's, there's going to be what has been listed as, like, the Treasury edition of Ultimate Invasion. Um, so I don't know exactly what that looks like versus, like, what Does a hardcover. It might mean big. Um not. Yeah, so I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff to look forward to. Um, I know uh, Fractions Hawkeye is getting an omnibus. I'm probably not going to buy that, but if you wanted to upgrade, that's coming. So lots of good stuff. I think I – I don't know. I'm pretty good with my two hardcovers of Hawkeye. Like that – I don't know if I'll need the omni of that. I still want the omni of Alias. I love how this this pod is now just descended into pure madness where it's just Riley and I reading off our – wish list um i think it was bound to come to this this sooner than i thought though straczynski and gillen have their thor run coming out okay have you read that did you read that this summer did did you like it it was very fun have you read straczynski spider-man no okay i have not kind of want to check that out yeah um that's cool that's cool is this your this is your list that's my list wow we're looking at a a document dollars for all these books dang yeah that's awesome that's a lot that's a it's more than a car payment riley yeah yeah i know that um well that's cool um riley not talking about books that we could read for much cheaper but not own what are you excited about that's coming up in the future we've obviously been talking a lot about our x books um we've uh we missed we missed a we missed a pod a few weeks ago when um ultimate invasion 3 dropped um, Riley and I did not get to pod that night, but we met up in a, in a parking lot and still like talked about it for about a pod length conversation. Um, yeah, we've been really digging the series and, and excited to, um, it ends soon, yeah. soon, like three soon weeks next week, next Wednesday. No, it's next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Amazing. Oh yeah. No, that's right. That's next Wednesday. And then the week after is God's one. Yes. So, um, very excited to see what happens with that. Um, yeah. it's so, so stoked on that. And then, um, 
just like we didn't want it to become a Duggan gush fest. We don't need to become a Hickman gush fest, but like, um, we will definitely be covering gods on this podcast. Um, I was telling Riley off air before we started that, uh, uh, Leslie, my wife has even been very like anytime she has seen the solicits or kind of like the preview pages for gods. Um, it has piqued her interest. So I'm trying to see if we can get her as like a, a special guest on the, on the God pod. Yeah. Um, which would be very fun, but, uh, yeah, excited for gods, excited for continued Xbox, excited for whatever is coming with the, the fallout of ultimate invasion. Um, what else are you excited for right now? Well, what strikes me is that, um, so we have next week is ultimate invasion issue four, then gods. And then very soon after that is New York comic con which is where we have to assume we're going to get a lot of like upcoming title launches um, and probably some like art for, you know, upcoming issues of things. I'm wondering, so I, I think it's probably a safe bet that we're going to get some kind of like ultimate comics line yeah. announcement uh, at New York comic con, which I think is the second week of October. Um but I'm also interested in seeing if that's where we will get an announcement for what's happening after Fall of X is over. Um, because right now we only really know what's happening through like December, you know. Uh, Marvel started doing these Infinity Comics mm-hmm. on Marvel Unlimited. Um, I spent basically all I read this past week after finishing uh, Immortal Hulk was I've been catching up on the X-Men uh, Unlimited series mm-hmm. um there's a lot yeah. there's a lot to catch up on i read i was reading weekly for a while um and there's there's a few cool cool arts did you ever check out any of those no i haven't read um there's some cool stuff duggan has a really neat one hickman has an arc early on duggan has an arc early on and then um many of their actual like full-time staples have arcs that explore a bit more kind of like stories that are not happening in the main pages. Um, some are referenced in the main books. And honestly, it reminds me a lot, which is funny because they're all comics, but it reminds me a lot of when um, Heroes was on NBC. Uh, they had comics that you could read on NBC.com that characters from those comics would then appear in the show or like be referenced. Um, so it, it kind of gives me those feels where it's like you do not need to read them, but some of them are carrying over um there's a few interesting issues i guess some standouts from like x-men lore is uh cypher interacts there's a mutant that is his mutation is he is a living language and so he's infecting people and as soon as he speaks that language like someone else gets infected and so cypher finally hears it and since he can understand all languages he goes kind of into like a a catatonic state where he's trying to process it and he ends up having to like translate this mutant's existence into like written poetry so that he can survive. It was, it was kind of cool. It was like, that was, that was probably one of my favorite ones, but I bring this up in connection to New York comic-con because there is an arc and it happened around Christmas this past year. And basically in this arc, it's all about Xavier feeling sad for himself and realizes he's not needed necessarily on the Quiet Council. He's not needed by the Five. He's not needed by a lot. And he's Magneto is dead. Moira has become his enemy. And so this book, and I, I can't remember who wrote it right now, it essentially does It's a Wonderful Life. 
but with Charles Xavier, but that book already exists and it's called Age of Apocalypse. And so Charles Xavier from 616 uh, is encountered by Nightmare, who was pissed at Jean Grey from what's going on in Duggan's X-Men and tries to encounter and just happens to come across Xavier instead. So Xavier, through Nightmare's reactions, falls into a reality and he basically inhabits the body of an Xavier clone in an Age of Apocalypse, like adjacent universe and kind of starts Krakoa in the Age of Apocalypse. And it ends on a note where basically they're like, we'll always, we're going to be like the X-Men Unlimited. Like, like Krakoa can't end on your island. It can't end there. Like, remember, like being an X-Men, being part of this thing is, is bigger than any like universe. It's a multiversal thing. So it kind of seems like honestly between that and what, forge and monet were doing in nowhere before all of this like i'm just curious to see if there will be some form of like multiversal x-men um that are coming out of this um i also say that just in regards to like i don't need that to be the case but that was the first time reading that that made me a little bit more excited for the fact that the graphics that were used to promote the X books that are coming after fall of X were the age of apocalypse type. That was the long way of telling you like what it just made me kind of rethink. I still don't love it because I'm still not ready for this to be over, Mm -hmm. but seeing what's going on right now in fall of X, like I think it kind of is Yeah. like, and I, I I don't know if we've really had a, a, you know, a a postmortem on this Mm -hmm. yet, but like, it's feeling with every week that goes by, like the era of the books that we've, you know, started this podcast, like kind of because of is, is just seeing further and further away. Um, I'm kind of okay with it. I don't know. I don't know. It was a weird, it was a weird sensation where I'm like, I'm liking what people are doing. I feel like there's a lot of creative stuff that's being tried right now. Like, I don't know. I don't think we're going back to it, at least not in the same way. So I'm curious what comes out of it. What's cool is we also don't have any idea, like, obviously not cool. There's there's a lot of strikes going on right now yeah. with both the WGA and SAG-AFTRA and therefore the pipeline of what's coming out, like Marvel movie-wise, is slowing down, which feels kind of good. Um, and especially feels good. Cause I just like, I don't know. Usually there's some form of like what's going on in the movies. It just feels like it's in conversation with what's going on in comics. Even if that's like bringing on Gillen to write an awesome Eternals run right before the movie comes out. Like right. yeah. th- there doesn't feel like there's that kind of energy right now, which makes the comics kind of feel even more wild West. Like I don't feel we wouldn't have gotten gods two years ago during the like Disney plus hype machine of yeah. books coming out tied to those shows. Like, right. so it, it, it feels cool. It feels like we're kind of back in, in some, some neat creative stuff that's going on. Well, I think so. And then, uh, you know, a book that we haven't even talked about cause I still need to read it is immortal Thor. Like, if you talk about like the the philosophy and just yeah. the zany like darkness that is immortal hulk that you know 
I don't think that, you know, Ewing is going to try to replicate anything, but to have him, you know, about to take the plunge of another series that could be similar in tone and yeah. Um, I think it's, I think you're right between immortal Thor and gods and whatever new things are happening in X books and whatever. It's, it's a cool time to be reading stuff. Even like, I mean, all that to say like, in, in North's Fantastic Four, it's very different than what we've gotten. McKay's Avengers, have you checked that out at all yet? That's that's another one. It's just it feels there's a there's a there's a big different type of tone that's happening. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I feel like that would be a bigger conversation at some point of like what do we want and what we hope for. But yeah, Riley, any closing thoughts on this? read comics read comics um yeah we're excited we'll be back soon um i think we're i'm starting to slow down a little bit what about you yeah yeah so we'll be back um definitely more frequently in the coming weeks with i think so with oh yeah ultimate with ultimate invasion invade, ultimate invasion next week gods the week after um yeah we're excited to talk about these books with you yeah, so we'll be around we'll see you soon bye